0: The choice of video. Um, Maybe in our tradition, we don't spend enough time looking at the cross. It really happened, you know? And that was just an artist's impression because there weren't two other crosses there. And I don't think the crown of thorns was on the head of the person on that cross. But what you saw there really did happen to the Son of God. And it really was because of your sin that it happened. Yesterday I had to go to the hospital to see Jordan. She's in there with a, a, a very serious stoke infection. And uh, of course they do your bloods to find out what your infection rates are. Bloods tell you a lot. Every day I'm in rooms when, when doctors and nurses and ph- phlebotomists come in and, uh, it's not the right name for them? asked for, can they take blood of patients? And the patients usually say yes, and that could happen to some patients three times a day to find out what's happening in their body, and the bloods tell them everything. So Jordan's infection rates were way up. And something similar happens with us in a sense. God takes your blood the stuff that flows through your body, not your physical blood, but the way you think and the way you act and the way we do things. and he takes a, a sample and the infection rates are very high. And there's only one cure for it. For Jordan, it's IV antibiotics and pain relief and all sorts of things. But for us, it's perfect blood for the blood of Jesus Christ God's son purifies us from all sin isn't that amazing the condition we have is curable and that's how it was cured on the cross 100% you can walk around if you like with the condition you can die with the condition And your prognosis is that you will end up separated from God forever. But if you accept that Jesus took your punishment dying on the cross instead of you dying for your own sins, your condition is cleared for the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Exceptional. None of that I meant to say. If you could turn to Revelation, please. Let me read you a few other scriptures. Revelation chapter 4, first of all. Let me look at the time. Um, The mark of a good hymn is that it's scriptural. And in that hymn, Andrew Peterson takes from the Old and the New Testament for the lamb who was slain to ransom the slaves. Or is he talking about Exodus? And way back then, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month will be the first month for you. And then he said, you're to take a lamb. And on the tenth day of the month, each man is to take a lamb for his family. The animals that are chosen must be year-old males without defect and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood of the lamb and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. On the same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men, animals, and men, every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord, the blood, Will be a sign for you on the houses where you are and when I see the blood I will pass over you. Not one of you shall go out of the door of the house until the morning. At midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead. And after that, the Israelites, the Hebrew people, walked free from slavery because they went through that door surrounded by the blood of the Lamb. Isaiah 53, that you're very uh, aware of. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent so he did not open his mouth. And this was referred to uh, in a prayer just just prior by Hugh. Um, after Jesus was arrested, one of his followers took a sword. We know it to be Peter from another passage. And he cut off the ear of, of uh, one of the high priests, Soldiers. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 52. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you not think that I cannot call on my Father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? Let say it must happen in this way. And then one wee verse mentioned at a barbecue a couple of a week or so ago. For to be sure, says Paul, he was crucified in weakness. For to be sure he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Revelation chapter 4, let me put a context to what I'm reading here. When I went to see Jordan yesterday, I work on the fourth floor in the hospital. The hospital, uh, the building I work in is built on a hill, so I'm at the back of it. So the first two floors are basically underground, and the third floor is just about ground level at the back, uh, and the uh, ground floor is number two at the Front of the building, and so my fourth floor I work on. You can just see the hedge in front of you, and people often ask me when I'm in the room, "What's over that hedge?" So last night when I went to see Jordan, I got in the lift and I went to the top floor, and uh, I actually happened to meet the lift, um, the, the guy that that uh, maintains the lifts. I said, "Do you like your job?" He said, "It has its ups and downs, but..." <laughs> Mostly I do. So I hit the button and I went to level 6, which is the top floor you can go to There's a level 7, which is a roof I, My pass used to allow me to go to level 7 I never did because I wasn't allowed out on the roof, but my pass would have allowed me to do that They must have read my psychological profile recently because it doesn't do level 7 anymore It stopped. They won't allow me out on the roof, but I went to level 6 last night to get a view Of what's over the hedge. To see beyond. And boy do you get a view from level six. Jordan was in level five. I had to go back down after that. But uh, I went to level six just to look. And you can see far more. You can see right across Dundonald, Donald. The other direction you can see nearly. or You can see over uh, not golf course towards uh, Stormont. All sorts of places. And so you get a better view the higher up you are. If you want to get the best view of Calvary, of the cross, go to heaven. And so for a little while this morning, we're going to spend a wee while in heaven looking at God's perspective of the cross. Because you get in the lift and you say to the bellboy, hit the button. He said, where do you want to go? We want to say, we want to go right to the top. And he says, how far is that? And I said, as far as, as far as we can go. And so we're going to go there now. We're hitting the button. And we're setting the context after this, chapter 4 of Revelation. I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had heard first speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this at once i was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian and so on and then in verse 6 at the uh, also before the throne was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystal in the center around the throne were four living creatures And they were covered with eyes in front and behind the first living creature was like a lion the second was like an ox the third had the face of a man the fourth had had, was like a flying eagle each of the four creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under his wings and here's the heavenly perspective perspective day and night, they never stop saying, never stop saying, never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory And honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being god if you want to get into heaven just just stop and think who you're going to visit there's someone sitting on a throne uh, and this is a sermon i preached Not long before lockdown. And and the whole focus of this chapter is on the throne. In the Bible, there are 62 mentions. Or in the New Testament, there are 62 mentions of the word throne. 47 of them are in the book of Revelation. You get it's important in here? To get some perspective of another book that would have the next amount of mentions of the throne is Matthew's gospel. There are five mentions of the throne in Matthew's gospel. The throne here is absolutely central because of the one who sits on the throne. He is God. He is holy, holy, holy. The Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come And when those four living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him, worship him. They only worship him in heaven who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So in the original manuscript, and all of our Bible, there weren't chapter sections. So the next verse continues. continuous. And so you're to get the picture that this is God on his throne with something in his hand that needs to be read. Chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And we could add, and who lives forever and ever. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll of writing on both sides, and sealed with seven seals. Now, seven right through Revelation, and in the Bible, is the number of completeness or perfection, seven days in the week. Uh, Sevens go right through this chapter. When you see seven, you can think of, that's complete or perfect. So this this manuscript is 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 complete. It's got writing on both sides. Now on normal manuscripts and scrolls, they only wrote on one side because the papyrus from made from the River Nile uh, had lines on it, uh, and you, it was easier to write horizontally on the lines. The back to keep it together was made vertical with the lines, so there were two pieces put together to make it strong, but on this manuscript, God has gone to the baller of filling it up completely. This is a complete manuscript. This is the will and mind of God, and in chapter four, just remember what we read, Uh, Jesus said the voice I had first heard, that's the voice of Jesus. <clears throat> speaking to me like a trumpet, said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And this is what's on this scroll. It's God's writing. It's God's testament. It's God's words. It's so in the presence of God and, and John's there and he sees this in the hand of God. And it's sealed with seven seals. It's perfectly sealed. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice. Now, heaven in this vision of John's is a, let me call it a a sensory extravaganza in a sense. The things that John sees with his eyes, the voices, we just heard one of the first voices. Well, we heard a voice of Jesus in chapter 4. The things he hears are astounding. Later on in the chapter, the things he smells will be astounding. Not so much mention of touch or taste, but sensory. It's incredible. And I saw a mighty angel. So we saw this angel, a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll so it's perfectly sealed? But someone needs to open it. And John says, but no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. How did this affect John? I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. This is the stuff that I meant to say that will soon happen. It's God's will and testament. And I cannot see it because there's no one worthy to open it. No one could be found in heaven or... On earth or under the earth or anywhere, this loud voice of this angel went right through the whole universe and no one in the vastness of all the universes could be found who could open this scroll. Think of all the great men of history. Think of all the great women of history. Think of all the great people of history, think of all the great things that have happened in history that some people have brought about and are astoundingly good, but none of them, no one was able to open this scroll. And so he's stuck. It can't be opened. And John wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then another voice came, this time one of the elders. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. See the song that Andrew Peterson wrote? right back to the Old Testament, right into Revelation. He is worthy. He is able. The The Lion of Judah, the Root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Why is he able? Because all the other great men that ever lived and all the other great women who ever lived were like as... David has said they were all sinners, they all made mistakes, they were all imperfect. But this one is perfect to open a scroll that is perfectly sealed. You put that up for me. You were ahead of me there. Has that been up all the time? I I don't know. (laughs) Thank you. Look at this picture. I told you it's only an artist's impression. But I pondered it while I looked. There's, there's different versions of that song up there. I took a risk by putting that up this morning because we don't look enough at the cross. It's a private thing maybe. But, and we don't, we don't want to be looking at Jesus on the cross all the time because the cross is empty this morning. He is in heaven. But look at this person on the cross. I, I like this picture. It doesn't show facial features we don't know what he looks like but i'll tell you what he's bent over like a servant this is our god buying before the creatures you are worthy our lord and god receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being and yet the son of god died on a cross in agony bowed over before the creatures who should be bowing before him so that he could take away their sin so that someday they could be in this place, heaven, bowing before him and worshipping him forever and ever. When you go to the top floor in heaven and you get heaven's perspective of Easter, it's incredible. You put away your chocolate eggs and your mini bar, cho- there's chocolate, oh, by the way, if you if you are into chocolate, uh, and the special island in Tesco, notice the, the other night, the big bars of mini egg chocolate, I'm talking about the big bars, are down to £2.50. The wee bars are a pound, one twenty five. actually, the wee bars, the big bars are down to £2.50. Now don't pick up the one at the front that says three fifty. Down at the back they're £2.50. Is that not so trivial in the context of this Easter that we see from heaven? John must have scanned heaven for a lion. He must have had a look around and waited for this lion of Judah this incredible creature that had triumphed, that was able to open the scroll and to look inside. Look at verse 6. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, He had seven horns. Now, horns in the whole Bible speak of might and power and rulership and sovereignty. And this lamb has seven of them. What seven? Perfection, completeness, all power belongs to this lamb. And yet he is a lamb looking like he had been slain seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, or the sevenfold spirit of God, or actually the Holy Spirit of God. Looking out into all the earth, he he has perfect vision. He sees everything that goes on in every corner of the world. He knows everything. He is a lamb looking as if he has been slain. Now this word slain is important. It actually means he died a violent death. You think of more violent death than the one we put the son of God to. Yeah, we weren't there. It was a long time ago, but he died for our sins. And our iniquity was on him. We were there. By his wounds we are healed. We were present. This is heaven's perspective of what happened at the cross. We put him to a violent death. They took him just before they took him out to crucify him. And the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers round him they stripped him they stripped the son of God And they put a scarlet robe on him and they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head they put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and they mocked him Heel King of the Jews, they said, they spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took him off, off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. And John also adds that those same soldiers flogged Jesus. So this man, Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, had been beaten so severely that the blood was running out of his back that he had tracks in his back. The thorns had been hammered into his head with a staff, and he allowed it all to happen just as he was arrested, as I read to you, one of, he, one of his, his uh, disciples took a sword and cut off the ear of the servant. And he said, put your sword away. Could I not ask the Father to send 12 legions of angels? Is Jesus weak? No, as Paul says, 2 corinthians 13 and i read it to you for to be sure he was crucified in weakness yet he lives by god's power at any point jesus could have called down 12 legions of angels thousands of angels to just wipe out everybody that was around him but as he says how then would the things be fulfilled that are written about me He's just come from Gethsemane where he's knelt before the Father and he said, Father, take this away from me if it's possible. And then he's bowed the knee to the will of the Father and he's on the cross for us. This is Easter. Where is he now? This astounds me. I often think of Jesus sitting in heaven, ruling in a splendid sort of way, very regal. Revelation chapter 5 says he still looks like a lamb that's been slain. He still looks like the lamb who could have called down 12 legions of angels, but actually he decided in all humility to die for us. He set aside his majesty and lay down on the ground so that on that back that was lacerated, they probably threw him onto that horribly rough wooden cross So the pain of that alone landing on it must have been excruciating and they took his hands and he allowed human beings that he had created to hold his hand as they hammered nails into those hands at his feet. And then they hoisted him up on that cross and they dropped it into a socket and every joint in his body must have been in agony. And he bent over and he said, I will do it because I love you. I was driving into Ords last night. Lord, please help me to preach tomorrow. Give me a sign and out of the hedge sticking out, as it just went round round past Tesco, a wee sign said, God loves you. I said, thank you for that, Lord. And God loves us this morning. This is how much God loves us. He's still the lamb in heaven. He's the mighty lamb. He's the perfectly mighty lamb. But he's still there as a lamb. He's still so humble in heaven that he was hardly noticeable until... The elder made it clear to John to have a decent look. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, and the time ran out a long time ago, and I'm going to stop in a minute, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. Where is Jesus? He's where no one else ever was allowed to be before this. There was a circle of the four living creatures, they are the four top angels that guard the, the, uh, the throne of God. Not that God is in any danger from us, but we are in danger of going too close to him. That's why those four living creatures guard the way to God. Not that we could harm God, but that being in his holy presence would absolutely kill a sinner. And then there's a row of the 24 elders, but Jesus actually is over the top of them and at the throne himself, right beside the Father. And he takes the scroll from him who sits on the throne. And when he takes it, he came and took the scroll, verse 7, from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Who gets worshipped in heaven? Only God. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one held a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. There's the other sensory. Your smell. Prayers, which are the incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I do most of my praying in the car or walking along the beach. I feel I'm terrible at praying. I just feel, what's the word we like down here? Wick. And sometimes I wonder how far did they even get up there? And then I read this, do you know where your prayers go? And do you know how precious your prayers are to God? They're in a golden bowl. And they're incense, they are the smell of wonder to God, your prayers. And any sincere prayer that you've ever prayed, and I read the New Testament, you'll find out there are many people who can pray very eloquently but insincerely. I'm not saying that about anybody here at all. But God knows the difference, and every sincere prayer makes its way into one of these bowls. And any prayer you've ever had, said The answer to that prayer is Jesus. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures hold a bowl each with your prayers in them, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, what we were just singing. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain, because you died a violent death. And with your blood you purchase men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Let me just read this. Then something else happens. So we have... God and the Lamb at the centre of the throne, God the Father and the Son, surrounded by the four, the seven eyes of God, the Spirit which goes out into all the earth, the Trinity is there, and then there's the four living creatures, the cherubim, that guard the way to God, and then there's the 24 elders, and all of a sudden they are joined by the voice of many angels. Notice the singular for voice, not voices, Voice. I was walking through Belfast the other day with Jean. She said I needed a new wardrobe. I said the one I have is big enough. She said, no, I mean clothes were in the wardrobe. Uh, oh, we hadn't come on up and all that. So it's, 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 everything has to be... Right, so, so I had to, we were going to white stuff and, she, and as I got up to white stuff, I heard a guy singing outside, you know, there at Corn Market. He had an incredible tenor voice. He was singing a song called The Prayer, you'll know it, famous by Celine Dion and and, uh, wonderful tenor singer Barra Kelly, is it? Uh, Anyway, and it just caught me right here, this voice. There's something about a voice that sings like that. I remember asking Katie when she went to university, what's your chosen instrument? Because she told me she was doing music. She said, my voice. And there's something about a voice. Can you imagine what this was like as a sensory extravaganza? The voice Of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand, they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice, in a loud voice they sang as one. Wow, if one man can catch me like that, what was John like? He must have been a wreck of a man. Worthy is the lamb who was slain, who died a violent death. To receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise, and then there's a, a you're not meant to multiply it, but there's at least a hundred million angels. There's far more than that. It's innumerable. Can you imagine? I looked up yesterday. The biggest football stadium holds 114,000 people. A hundred million surrounding the elders and the four living creatures. And then I heard every creature, remember the one who sits on the throne, is the maker of every creature, and every creature now turns up, as it says in Philippians, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, whether they like it or not, to the glory of God the Father, the creator of all things. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. It will never end. This man is not on the cross. This lamb is in heaven. He still is in heaven like a lamb. He's so he's our servant king. He intercedes for us day after day. He pleads for us in our brokenness. He shows his wounds up there to show that it's all been paid for. Our guilt has been forgiven. Do you know what happens when when this is all made clear, what Easter is all about in heaven? The four living creatures have nothing else to say but amen. Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Now, if you think the Lamb's weak, I'm not going to take time to do this now. Just read chapter 6 when the Lamb starts to open the scroll to break the seals. There's no weakness in this Lamb, he is mighty and powerful. Worthy is the Lamb who was sent to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. But he set aside all of that to bow before us on the cross. His body broken for us, his blood poured out. This is Easter. And as I think back to the voice of Billy Strachan, instead of saying, put that in your pipe and smoke it, he would say, probably say something like, Put that in your chocolate egg and eat it. That's Easter. What a saviour. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we could go on and on, and some have already thought that I have. But this actually will go on and on forever, this worship of the Lamb who was slain. And the cross at Calvary will be central to everything in eternity because he has made it possible. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. (coughs) You are worthy because you were slain. And with your blood you purchase men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a priest and king to serve our God. And they will rule on the earth lord thank you that you love us to redeem us this much and at the cost you paid for it your wonderful wonderful son the lord jesus thank you for the lamb that was slain in jesus name amen